You know what they say about guys with large record collections? No, seriously. Do you know what they say about guys with large record collections? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Vinyl Community Podcast. Buddies, welcome back to another hot off the press, or hot to the press, or hot on the press, I don't know, episode of Surface Noise, our bi-weekly live stream where we just get together, vinyl community talk, topics, pickups, everything, and anything in between. I'm joined by some of my regulars and a new face. I'm really excited to join us this week, so let's kick it off. We've got uh, our friend David Bianco from Safe and Sound texas audio excursion david how are you sir i'm doing well wow that is the the sexiest t-shirt i've probably ever seen you wear okay that's five bucks okay (laughs) (laughs) for for our viewers at home he's wearing the custom-made concert buddy t-shirt which i believe two of our panelists actually have if i'm not mistaken i could tell that you licked when you put this one on you (laughs) yeah so now i have a problem how come i don't have a Uh custom concert buddy t-shirt Arnala, we'll get to you. I Let me get through the introductions. The first one. <laughs> Don't attack me with the pitchforks just yet. That's for later. All right. So now we've got Jason Rojas joining us. Jason, how are you doing, pal? Doing all right. You know, I'm 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 untouchable now. <laughs> oh wow! Wow. All right. Now Arnaldo, how are you doing? Arnaldo in his channel Fidelius underscore Frequency. Good to see you. Hey guys, how are you? I'll, at the hey. end of this, I'll get your shirt size. We'll get you in the production mix. I gotta I gotta talk to my production manager, aka my wife, and we'll get you in. We'll get you in the loop. Cool. And then special guest. So excited. I wish it was under uh, better circumstances, but we have some topical news. I want to get Tavis's feedback on. This is Tavis Minner from the, the, the YouTube channel Vinyl Talk with Tavis. How you doing, pal? I'm doing really good under the circumstances, but I'm glad to see you as always. Oh, man. You always make me smile, Tavis. You got the, you got the Midas touch when it comes to that. All right. Enough of the social stuff. We uh, we had a kind of a run of show going. We had some topics like we always tried to do a little homework. There's a little preparation involved. Uh, you'll notice that Jose Moreno Ron is not joining us. Uh, apparently, he's getting married, and I, I completely missed the, the information. I thought he was making music, which he's done before and, and bailed on us. I thought maybe he's making babies. He'd be I thought maybe to he's making, baby making music. I don't know. But then I, <laughs> but then I reread the email, so I want to give Jose congratulations. This will probably come out. I think he's getting married tomorrow, which is Friday. Yeah. Um, this will probably be on the pod next week. So congratulations in front, and congratulations behind to Jose. He's one of our favorites here. Wow. Anyway, anyway, so – we do a little preparation. We've got topics. We're all ready to talk about some of the stuff, and we'll get into that. But we had some really unfortunate news hit us yesterday. I was in the middle of an actual interview for the podcast, which will come out later, but um, I was completely oblivious. I was in a silo. I was immune to the news. And then, like, and we'll get into it, like uh, it sounds like some of our other panelists here found out was just social media, just word of mouth, et cetera. So we, we lost the legend that was Tina Turner. Tina, the qu- the queen of rock. Is it safe to say Tina, the queen of rock? I would say so. I mean, easily, easily. I mean, who else, who else could there be? I mean, she was called the queen of rock and roll. There, up. Oh, see, there it is. So, so let's just kind of go around the dais and 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 let's talk about memories of Tina. Uh, you know what she represented. I know for St. Louis boy, she she was from East St. Louis, connected with Ike. And they got married, and there's actually a great live album from I think the late '50s that they did the live review from Club yeah. Imperial, which is a now defunct uh, club in the north side of St. Louis. But let's start, Tavis. You're our guest. We'll start with you, Tavis. What? Uh, how did you find out? And 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 how are you feeling? Because I know you're a big Uh-oh. Tina fan, a soul enthusiast. Where's your head oh, at today? And well, for, first of all, um. Because I was born in '72, so I was I was a teenager when she came out with Private Dancer. I wasn't really aware of her until the Private Dancer album, and so you know that's when MTV hit strong and VH1. And so I see this woman with this strange, crazy hair, and 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 I go to the record store about what yeah I was about 13, 14. Yeah, and then I go to the record store and buy this record. I'm like, oh, it's so sexy, blah, 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 and I bring it home, and then I take it to middle school. And uh, me and this friend of mine, who's now the superintendent of the same school, 
he stayed in the school and stayed in town and became the superintendent, me and him would always argue about her hair. He said, oh, her hair is so ugly. I said, don't you talk about Tina. You know, we, we always had these discussions. But I found out that she had passed um, yesterday when I was uh, looking on my phone. I always, I always seem to find out that people are passing these days with social media. You know, Michael Jackson, I found out the same way. Houston. Uh, David Bowie, everyone. And so when I saw Tina Turner's Instagram, official Instagram page pop up, I said, oh, what's Tina talking about? What is she? Then it said, rest in peace. I was just, I started crying. Um, I just listened to, I kept listening to Private Dancer over and over again, which is my my favorite album of hers. Mm -hmm. And of course, simply the best. And I've just been, uh, playing her music on piano and listening to the strength of her voice and her story is just captivating y'all um, and, and, I'll, and I'll say this and then I can let I'll be sure to not take up all the time um, I just found out through an interview that on her album Private Dancer the song I Might Have Been Queen was supposed to be a duet with David Bowie but however, when he found out the title, he said, no, I'll just let you be the queen. <laughs> and I, I thought that was very interesting. She said, yes, he was supposed to do the duet with me because they met in Switzerland and they became great friends. Mm. So that was something new. So I always mm. learn something new when I really delve into the history when someone passes away. For sure. So Arnaldo, where were you when you found out and where were the first feelings, thoughts, et cetera, that came to mind when you heard that this legend had passed? Well, actually, I was at work um, and my company sent out a um, an email because she's one of our clients. We're related to um, the Tina Turner business. So I found out about it. I realized probably a half hour before the rest of the world did because I checked CNN and other news media um, and I didn't see the news on there. So I for a minute, I kind of questioned why the company would be sending out a company-wide email announcing it when, you know, the major uh, outlets hadn't. But I guess they were just fact-checking and trying to figure out if it was real or not before breaking um, the news like that. So, yeah, I, I knew she was ill. I think many people knew she was ill mm. for quite some time. And um, it didn't – it came as a shock – it came as a surprise, but not as a shock. Um because I knew she wasn't doing well for quite a bit. Um, and my first memory of Tina Turner. So I'm a little bit older than Tavis. Um, so in the mid seventies, I was, you know, probably eight, around eight years old. And I will never forget tuning in. It was some, I, I think it was like a early evening channel that had like a variety show. I don't know if it was, um soul train or um solid gold or something like that solid gold or a share right. show, show sure. which one it was i just remember seeing this woman on stage with the slinkiest outfit <laughs> and i was and dancing like crazy giving the performance like i had never seen before and I was like just staring at the screen, captivated, because um, it was something that I had never seen before like that. You know, I mean, she was quite she was pushing, I think, the boundaries of sexuality, even not sexuality, trying to be sexy and provocative in the 70s when they were still kind of quite conservative on TV, especially. Because mm -hmm. we only had three major networks back then. So it was like, yeah. it's not like it was some obscure channel that she was on. It's, it was probably a major network. Um, yeah. And then I, I, I don't even remember the song. I just remember visually that she looked fantastic and like nobody else I had seen on TV. Um, and then fast forward to, I think it was like 1984, 85 when this came out. There it is. Private dancer. Uh, right? Private dancer. Let's try and get it in without some glare. Here we right go. Now. We'll make we'll make you big. Let's put you. Yeah, there. there you go. Look at those legs. I mean, wow. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, here's the legs. You want oh, to hang, on, hang, on. legs? hang on. Hang on. Hang on. These are for our viewers. If you're watching, you're getting the full Monty of these legs. I mean, what what a 
great pair of legs for sure. So, um, yeah, this is like Thomas was mentioning before. Uh, this is the this is American uh, cover. Uh, the European cover was different um, at the time when this came out. I was in Europe, so I always wanted to get this one, um, and I don't even know why uh, because it has one less song than the European version. You're right. You're so um, the European version had a cover of Help. You know the Beatles' Help. Oh, no kidding. Help. Yeah, there's an extra song on that album. Yeah. So, um, but I just like this cover a lot better. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, Does that end with yeah. 1984? Yeah, they both had 1984, right? Yeah. But okay. I think yeah, th this has 1984, and so does um, the European version. But that one also had a cover of Help, uh, which is is like a um, it's more like a gospel version of Help. Mm -hmm. uh, she made it her own, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, and actually. Uh, the song that kind of introduced me to this album was not What's Love Got to Do With It. It was actually the first single, um, Let's Stay Together. Mm. And, Al Green song, yeah. And, a fr and I didn't even know the version of, of Al Green. I didn't know it because I was it. young. Yeah. Wow. And um, my Reverend friend Al. who worked at a record store knew that I was a big fan of Heaven 17 and Human League. And the two guys from Heaven 17 are the ones who produced... Um, Let's stay together. And they also produced on here, I think they did 1984. Yeah. Um, so they produced two. He was like, oh, listen to what they did. And that was the first time I heard um, a track from Private Dancer. So yeah. Eddie, Eddie's got an interesting thing. And I, maybe you guys know this. I do not. He said, my first memory of Tina Turner was her portrayal of the Acid Queen on the Who's. That's movie. right. And I think that's my second. Uh, that's my second, actually. Nice. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I must. I saw her on TV first. And then my brother, my older brother, dragged us to mm -hmm. see The Who in the theaters. And <laughs> I was like totally shocked. And my mom was horrified. She was like telling my brother we're not going to see you in any movies that you pick anymore <laughs> no more of your choices no more yeah. of your choices. it wasn't me it was my older brother who wanted to see it that's funny so, so david uh what are well, your thoughts i'm you know, the old of, guy here yeah so, uh, let's, let's, let's go to old fart radio well, uh, old fart radio exactly no, no but you know it, it's unfortunate you know like when the, when these legends pass that you know like we haven't heard from for years she she intentionally well, there was that documentary that was on hbo maybe two years ago i want to say uh, but she deliberately had, was leading a very private life. Maybe it was health related. I know she got remarried, yeah. had a nice uh, provincial estate, I think, in Switzerland. Switzerland, Switzerland. Yeah, it's where she right. So, so she made a very conscious effort to remove herself from the private life for whatever reason or public life, I should say. Yeah. But it's unfortunate because now the only you know, here she is. Unfortunately, it's her passing as we're talking about the artist. And yeah, yeah. The, and we'll talk about this a little bit. You know, the, the artists that have skipped a generation like i'm sure the the younger generation than the folks on this dais maybe know the name maybe they don't and so now they're playing catch up i saw that the top two downloaded songs on itunes as always seems to happen or tina songs right yeah so, so, yeah, so yeah. david yeah. what are your thoughts and recollections <laughs> and and where did you find out that well well i i i it came up on my phone yesterday and i saw it and uh my first thought was man this is getting redundant it seems like every week you know we're getting somebody in the you know music community or uh, film you know and of course these people are all ones that you know i grew up with to a large part i got to know who tina turner was in 71 when they released a 45 on Liberty Records called Proud Mary. Now, I had heard Proud Mary by CCR in 69, and it didn't sound anything like her version, because they stopped in the middle and went, you know, and it was just like totally different. It was just so cool. And, and um, you know, that's how I got to know her. And then it was almost like, they didn't they faded a little bit they really didn't you know they had that big peak and then um you would hear some of their stuff on the black radio stations uh in the chicago area where i grew up but it wasn't until you know her what i call her second career when she got away from ike which she should have got away from a lot sooner but sure. we don't need to go there but you know i mean she really remade herself you know it's like I, and i was remembering you know private dancer you know that was written by mark knopfler from dire, dire straits, straits wow. right 
Jeff Beck played on that. And my buddy Umberto Gattica, he was the remix guy on that uh, song. Actually, uh, David, I think al- almost everyone by, of Dire Straits at the time, mm-hmm. but Mark Knopfler played on that track. Ah, okay. Could and be. It, guitar. And, and it, uh, I'm sorry? Did Mark play the guitar? No, Jeff Beck played no, guitar. Jeff Black played the organ. Um, and if you, th- and I, when I was Alan Clark, to, okay. Um, it, there's, I don't want to say it's leftover from the song love over gold, but the melody is very similar. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a part of the chorus that's very similar and it may be a reworking of love over gold. I think I read it one time on, on, um, Wikipedia, the, the whole background of the, uh, private dancer song. Yeah. Yeah, I think that song was um, kind of came late in the project even, uh, and it just seemed to fit for her at the, you know, at the time. But, but, you know, that really, you know, resurgences in careers, you know, that's not that easy to, no. to do, uh, you know. But she was like a new person to a lot of people. They didn't know who she was. So she came out of the blue to a lot of folks. So it was really, I think there, you know, a lot of, you think about when that came out and kind of women in music and really, you know, the ones that were independents, the Cindy Loppers, those, you know, folks. They were Madonna was breaking out. Yeah, right. So it was really, you know, he caught that jet stream kind of, you know, that was going on. And uh, she really, you know, brought a, uh, I think, the ability of people to think, well, I, you know, age isn't the issue. Talent is the issue. Amen. And she yeah. had plenty of it. And, yeah. and so... Uh, you know, she had great energy. That's the thing about her always that, you know, for me, um, she just had a great energy and a, and a big smile. And uh, I just hope she didn't suffer long. That's all I could say. For sure. Now, Jason, I think you and I are probably the young, young guns on this dais. <laughs> all right. So 1984, I was like six or seven. I had this cassette. Is wow. Like, pulling yeah. out a private dancer cassette coming in. Yeah. There it yeah. is, Jason. <laughs> So where's your eight track? <laughs> I think the cassette was cheaper than the record oh, oh. Um, <laughs> at the time. Um, uh, Private Dancer, like I watched MTV, they played Private Dancer. Now that is a. Uh, I was going to bring up MTV because, like, we were talking about <laughs> Penny Law or Madonna. Like, it was just a different time because, oh. you know, obviously, 40, uh, the radio is how you heard about a lot of artists, but then the, to add the visual component and yeah. the people who did it great. Cindy Lauper, Madonna, Tina Turner, the people who didn't, Billy Squire, right? You know what I mean? Like, it, it really was a different time in how we learned and consumed music. But anyway, sorry, MTV. Jason, go ahead. Uh, she just stood out, you know, and that's and that's the thing. Like, um, the whole video, her hair, the look of the jean jacket, you know, the legs, everything. She was like an icon, like... And I didn't know her past with Ike, you know, Ike Turner and all this, you know, so I just see this person, great voice, can sing, you know, uh, that album's pretty good, you know, uh, she does cover what Ann Peebles, I, I Can't Stand the Rain, of course, Bowie, 1984, right? Yeah. Um, of course, your hit song, What's Love Got to Do With It? You know, I didn't, I think that song was very popular because of the her background, her context. Exactly. Right? Okay, so, but I didn't know that. You know, I was just oh, really? a kid, okay. six or seven years old. Same, I really like the song, you know. And I, I remember that video is very dramatic too, right? Because she, you know, that one and um, Private Dancer, like she's the dancer, right? And she's like getting made up and stuff and wondering if she can keep this up. Like I remember that video. It's kind of, kind of like deep too, you know? Yeah. Um, man. But uh, I want you to show this. I put it in the private chat. So I was wondering, my friend and I were listening to Ike. You know, well, just Tina Turner music. And uh, we were like, what happened to Ike? What was Ike doing? You know, we found out that Ike released this record in 1980. Oh, so- hang on. Now, now you now you gave me a technological challenge. <laughs> hang on. Hang on a there second. Hang on. Now we're going to have to share your screen if you got I it. do. Yeah, I, I have to get my browser going. We hang can on. do that, too. You know, we could take that link and share. No, nah, I got you. <laughs> okay. All right. So, I want you to hit the cover because, okay, so 
Oh my. This is this is amazing because I had to find out what was Ike doing? What was he doing? And he had this record. So this is called Ike Turner the Edge and it looks like a razor blade <laughs> shining is the front cover. Is that safe to say? Right. I believe this is one of his last records featuring Tina Turner. Now, you could tell that uh, people don't forget, like people forget like during this time, Ike was deep in the thrones, like Rick James and the cocaine. So yeah. I mean, this is a double edge. Get it? Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> so you could tell, like, yeah, he is doing some things now. Yeah. Chance, can you go back to the song list? Like, I this can. is amazing. Okay. This is interesting. This is awesome. Like, my friend and I heard the song singer. She covers Shame, 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 which is what Sh- Sylvia or Shirley and Company. Sy- yeah, Sylvia Robinson. Yeah. Yep. So Shirley, Shirley Company, she's got like a high voice, like shame. She's yeah. like very high pitch. And then when Tina covers it, it's like so deep, like, whoa, like you couldn't believe it. Lean on me. Now she covers Elton John's Philadelphia Freedom. Amazing. Like mm. that version that's on here. And then Alice Cooper, right? Only Women Believe. When you hear the live version that's on YouTube, that is off the charts. I can't even... You can't even touch it. Like she takes, it's like, how do I say it? It's like Otis Redding, he wrote Respect, right? That song, and then Aretha takes it to the next level. Yes. This is the same thing. Like Alice Cooper sings it and it's, you know, it's got that kind of gory, kind of uh, like Halloween-ish thing, theatrical, right? When Tina takes, sings the song, it's like mind blowing. Mm. Jason, are you saying that Tina is on this album? Yes, she is on the first side of this record. Write it down. Jason costs me about $40 every show. (laughs) And then the second. Did she know she was going to be on this album? Nope, she did not. I think I knew it. So this is during the time like when, but this is before 84, right? So she was still trying to build her life back together. And and you could see at this point, Ike was just taking advantage of their old recordings, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The B-side is mostly just instrumentals, but I can tell you for a fact, these instrumentals are dope. They're just Uh, amazing. Okay. And and despite their drama and yeah, like no one should be beaten. No one, no, no, no. Like Turner, bad, like he, but still musically talented. And this album will show it. So it was was the paradox of Ike Turner, right? Like talented musician, but kind of a bad human. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know how to say it, right? So, I, mean, I recommend this record. I mean, if we, you know, I'll put like uh, twenty-five of them from four dollars and seventy-nine cents. Let's get these, and we're gonna we're gonna get them and beat the market because and then flip them, flip them like a pancake. <laughs> <laughs> Just like one sold yesterday, so we got to get on this, Tavis. Come on. Yeah, this is going to be... There's 28 people watching, so... (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Sorry, guys. We're going to end the stream so we can go buy these. And stream over, (laughs) yeah. Chance, since you are the owner, let me put the link, and then maybe you can share it in the chat. Happy to, yep. Yep. So let me get this. And, and um, now Private Dancer is like on eBay, $125. Uh, I hate it. Like, oh, I hate, you know, honestly, I, I really loathe. This is this is kind of the, the seedy underbelly of when a legend or a musician passes. I call it the death tax. Mm, is, is that because, honestly, because if you were on the fence or just hadn't went to acquire that title or that album from that artist, yeah, why well, start as, now? As soon yeah. as they pass, you know, Arnaldo was talking earlier about, you know, they found out about Tina's passing before, like, the major media was releasing it. If I hear about this stuff, and not all the time, I hate to say it, but the first place I'll go is Discogs, because you better get them before, like, Tavis, you made a great point, because when everybody finds out, here comes the death tax, and, yeah. and trying to capitalize, and it's it's unfortunate, but it happens. And it's not just this. It's movies. It's right. Any, well, I, heard, any- I heard the wax probably. flew to Switzerland today <laughs> to pick up a collection. Unconfirmed and alleged. Oh, I want to be very oh, clear. We don't have okay, we don't right. have the law firm to back uh, all this. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> Chance, can you highlight Lawrence's uh, comment about uh, Bad Max now? Hang on, let me go here. Let's see. See, I've got to watch that now. That was, that was a good one. That so one. Lawrence says, I always love We Don't Need Another Hero, the soundtrack song from Mad Max. It was yeah. tremendous. I mean, yeah. I mean, exactly what David was talking about earlier is that this rebirth, and Jason even hit on it too, like for the uninitiated, it was like a whole second career. And so she was one of those, and, and I guess Elvis kind of did it too, but she really 
because she had that period if you watch that documentary on hbo which is conveniently on the front page of max right now if you go to the streaming service but there was that period when she left ike and she was doing anything and any kind of work she, she could get and then when private dancer came as like a rocket ship and she was already in that hustle mode so she was taking movies that were offered to her uh, collaborations uh, musically she did a lot of duets what was that uh, was, did she do one with george michael i want to say or am i think i might be thinking, I think of maybe, aretha franklin that's that's what I'm i think you'll be waiting for me yeah that's what i was thinking I'm probably, but yeah. but she was i mean so she hustled hard she was I making that for a long yeah. time <laughs> Oh, that's this is it. Yeah. So she did the one Brian Adams. Yes. Yeah. So Tina. Oh yes. Oh yes. Brian Adams. It's only love. It's only great, love. Great duet. Because you think of the '80s, you you had like those two stars. Even that story that we heard earlier about David Bowie and and Tina, right? Like they were always trying to pair up these two, like so they could sing off each other. So respect for Bowie to be like, yo. <laughs> but, but Bowie did have her on the Tonight album. Uh, they sang on the song Tonight. Oh hmm. wow. Yes, and uh, it's interesting that um, the version that's on the studio album, like tonight, um, she's almost like harmony vocals. Um, It's not a a duet. They're kind of singing together. Um, But when you hear, there's also a live version out there that they did together. Um, I tend to prefer the live version because... I don't know. You hear more of Tina. You hear the back and forth mm. uh, with David Bowie a little bit, and um, now, yeah, they did do a, a they did duet together. I know we're talking about Private Dancer, but I think I really enjoyed. I think it was her last album that she her last studio album. Is it called Twenty Four? Can someone look that up for me and see her last studio album? And she's like standing really regally with with black pants and a white shirt and. No, no, that's that's no, not her last album. I think it was Jason's done. on it. Jason's Jason's uh, okay. part. He leads our R and D team, so he's on 24/7. it. Twenty four seven. What's it called? Twenty four seven. Yeah, twenty four seven. There it is. Man, that that was. I could tell her voice was changing big time, but I really love that album. It's really great. I wish that was on vinyl. Well, I have a feeling it probably will be uh, within the next. I hate to say it again. Here we go. Opportunistic, right? Yeah, I do, I do. Before we switch, I do want to shout out our friend Jose is clearly not busy enough preparing to get married tomorrow. <laughs> just he, he just could. He's like a, a, a chubby kid and some candy. He just cannot resist the pull of this live stream. So, Jose, again, we all wish you best luck tomorrow. Have a lot of fun. Drink a lot. Dance a lot make babies do that other stuff a lot if, if, if yeah and, and nine months time if you've got and chance is a great name it's a bi-gender name so if you have a nice little girl nice little boy think about it that's all i'm saying no problem all right and, and jason yeah you did send me that link oh oh you saw the youtube of covers uh, alice cooper cool 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 yeah so if you can share that in the chat since you are the owner i am the owner of this operation so let me do that Boom, boom. Somebody wants to see Tina Turner cover Alice Cooper from the uh, Edge. And don't you, don't you love how she really pushed the envelope and just didn't uh, she just didn't stay with the black artist. She she pushed her way into the rock and roll cross genre, cross yeah. Yeah, everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember her singing when she left Ike. It's like forget the black folk. I mean, I, I don't mean to say it like that. Right. But of even course. she said she felt more popular when she left Ike. She felt more popular outside of the United States. Mm-hmm. And, and that, there was that wonderful movie with Angela Bassett, uh, What's Love Got to Do With It, which was, I mean, that was another, again, think of the stepping stone of, because, you know, that was what, early 90s? So maybe some of that 80s luster was starting to fade and then a whole new generation learned a story like Jason was talking about. A lot of people didn't know that backstory and didn't know she had a whole career before Private Dancer, before MTV, all that kind of stuff. So, And she said she was more popular in those states. Uh, she was more popular than the Beatles. Uh, so she said, she didn't say Jesus. I'm more popular than Madonna outside the United States. So that's where she decided to, to move. Wow. Well, well she got like, she got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in '91 when it meant something. So, wow. that's good. Well, you mean when now everyone's getting in now? It's it's the well, it's the Hall of Very who, Good. Yeah, yeah, I mean people who actually had rock and roll chops. You know? <laughs> ah, <for sure>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. You're yeah. so right. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm sorry, Jason. You're gonna say one more thing. I just think people tend to forget. Like, I mean, I wasn't born in that era, but like people associated with Ike, right? So it was always the Ike and Tina Turner sure. view, right? So then when she went solo, like she had a hard time, kind of, you know, nobody wanted to work with her because they always thought it was Ike and Tina, you know. Mm-hmm. So she had no respect, and you know, I think Europe took, you know, took her on because she's. She's great, right? She's exactly. you know amazing singer, entertainer, performer. You know, because like Ike was just playing guitar in the background, like she was the one with the Iquettes dancing. You know, like just pure energy. You know, and I do have a story about uh, Little Richard. He yeah. mentions uh, when he became like he went back into the ministry to preach, and he was interviewed, and uh, he the interviewer says, "Aren't you going to get back?" You know, you know, Tina Turner's back. It was during that time when Private Dazzle came back and he said, no, listen, I, Tina, me and her are pretty much the same age, but I tell you what, she can lift those legs all she wants to, but if I try to, my legs probably won't come back down. <laughs> 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 so it's, it's amazing how even they, they knew each other and mm-hmm. he, he, he cheered and applauded her for being an older woman at that time. But hey, y'all, it's amazing to me our generation has changed. We can't even imagine who is in their forties in the top forty or top ten these days. What's going on? Have they forgot about us? <laughs> I think so. Maybe not Jason. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, they're waiting for the vinyl community has not forgotten about those acts, but I could tell you the popular uh, radio has and, and popular culture in a lot of ways has for sure. So sad. So yeah. sad. Well, let, let's move from a sad topic to uh, an interesting topic, and that is uh, the news came out, I believe it was last week, that another combatant has entered the global arena of audiophile, quote-unquote, pressings when it comes to vinyl, and that's uh, Rhino, who does very good reissue work, but now they've decided to kind of enter the mobile fidelity, analog productions audiophile space and it was a very interesting uh, launch point because you know they are using all the buzzwords they're only selling these titles so far they're site exclusive so that's interesting so they're not doing a wholesale strategy nope. so they're only selling them on their website and they're $40 which seems to kind of be if you look at the tone poets I mean that kind of yeah. seems to be the entry point for quote unquote audiophile recordings but it was a very curious uh, couple of titles they chose to kind of launch this product and one was The Cars, self-titled, 1978 release, which, and if you guys feel differently, I feel that's a very common record that can be found very easily for far south of $40. And then the other title was uh, Coltrane Sound, John Coltrane, 1964, which I don't even want to go down the jazz rabbit hole because it can get kind of expensive. So maybe there's a market. I'm sure there's a market. There's the name, Coltrane, right? But... Yeah. Let, let's let's kind of just dig into that, Jason. What uh, when you heard this? I mean, what's the first thing you thought? Did you think about those game shows where they put you in a, a, a glass booth and the cash is going, and here's the executives trying to like capitalize on this audiophile craze? What do you think? Chance, can you show the link? Like I put the link in the private chat. So oh, private. Hang, hang on. They don't He's a know. private chatter. I am a private chatter. Hang on a second. A Man. private dancer. He, Jason, making know, me work. Making going. me work today. I'm earning my money. I'm earning it. All right, let's go. Share what do you work for, Rhino? Sit down, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you don't know, this is it, right? So, if we look closer at this, I mean, what does that look like? Looks like vinyl me, please. Vinyl me, please. No way. Like OBI strip. Tip oh, this on is jacket. vinyl me, pretty please. Right, right. <laughs> Mastered by a you know, like cut by a you know, name engineer like yeah. Kevin you know, Gray. You know why? You know why they pick the cars, don't you? Why? Because the MoFi is so freaking bad. Really? Oh, it's horrible. I mean, I have it. I I, I don't think it's great, but it, you really is that really why they it chose puts the title? It the whore in horrendous. I mean, <laughs> oh man. I mean, I'm telling you, it's. But wasn't wasn't the Cars catalog one of the few that was actually cut from analog? Uh, of the multi, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a silver label, I, believe, I think, and I believe in the uh, the infamous interview. Um, oh. With the engineers, they said that those were 
from analog and they felt like they did a good job on them. Just quoting. No, no, for sure. Yeah. No, I, 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 I haven't heard any of the cars, um, mofis, but. But, but I think mine's so bad. I think I'm about ready to pay somebody to take it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses. David yeah. here all night, everybody. <laughs> I mean, Is I've got a Nautilus. I've got foolish. Uh, I got OGs and I got Nautilus of it, and they just smoke the hell out of mm. the most. What songs are on this album? I can't see. It's oh, hang on. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can make that any bigger. Let's see. Just go back one. I think you. Don't worry. You're not missing anything. Got tonight. <laughs> Oh, okay. Good okay. times roll. My best friend's right. girl. Just, just what, what I, I needed. Need. I'm uh, in touch with yeah. your world. Don't oh, just what I needed is on here. I'm not yep. familiar with the first album. Hang oh. on a second. Moving in stereo, which is classic. Yes, you, you guys are making me really hustle here. I got to find this. Hang on. Oh I like gosh. the video where you know he's trying to get the girl, and she—he's really. That is uh, that's my favorite album. That's Heartbeat City. That's the one. That's I do. Drive. That, that's what they. You talking about Drive? Yeah, Heartbeat yeah. City. Yeah, that was, but that was written sung by Benjamin Orr, not Rick Ocasek, ironically. So, so oh. Tavis, one of the best songs on here is "Bye Bye Love." Like the guitar oh, solo on here is oh just yeah incredible. I'm going to be honest. This is the one that, to me, when I was growing up, my mom played the hell out of this. And this is one of those albums, and, and I think, in my opinion, they're few and far between to that start to finish. You don't yeah. want to skip a track yeah. because it's literally every song is a great song. It's yeah. it's, it's very rare. Sometimes you'll get 95% of the album is great, and there's like a one throwaway or the, the artist wanted to throw a ballad to sing to their you know stripper girlfriend or whatever, right? Yeah. But, and, but, this, but this is one of those albums that I remember from childhood. It was just like we never – forwarded i mean sometimes went back i guess you know if yeah. you want to hear a song but start to finish this is so so i, I appreciate where their head's at from that level if there it's even involved but mm-hmm. you can find this again I, like i said earlier this is this is not a hard record to find absolutely that cover is so popular i mean come on the, the question becomes and i'll open up to you guys and this kind of will lead into our reissue conversation i wanted to lead in for the back half of the is is reissues is it getting out of hand and i say that because if you're new to vinyl and you go and because i've noticed this i noticed this today in my one of my local stores vintage vinyl tavis i took you there when you came in yeah. is that there's far less used inventory in some of these bigger shops and so when you have people coming in who are new to the hobby who are uh you know kind of learning about vinyl getting into vinyl i do think the reissue provides a service because it does provide availability but it also kind of and i think maybe jason will kind of follow this up too is that nobody really wants to work to find these titles if it's just easier to find the easily available title where, where's the joy in the hunt right so right let's put you in that but anyway so curious your guys thoughts on this rhino piece and then kind of the bigger conversation about reissues and and what you guys feel about the reissue craze that we're inundated with right now it's opportunistic really i mean here's the thing that you know rhino is warner electro atlantic they don't have to pay a sub licensing fee like like chad does or like mofi does or whatever so they've got that they've got pressing arrangements already set with plants i mean they've got They've got a, a much higher profit margin opportunity right out of the box. Now, the day this got announced, I happened to be record shopping, and I went to five shops, and in five shops, I found one Cars album across five shops. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So what's out there anymore isn't quite as at your fingertips, maybe. We may remember, sure. And people don't want to be driving around looking for stuff and the other thing is when you say kevin gray did something i mean these guys you know their rates i looked at the rates of these guys it's nothing they 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 could they could get three times what they're asking for their rates it's these these mastering engineers that have a you know that have a name I mean, as soon as you say it, it's just kind of automatic pilot, right? Well, that seems to be the, the formula, right, with these reissue campaigns. Absolutely. And, and Steve Carlson, full credit to Steve Carlson, who has a great podcast with his friend Jim Gleason. This is an indirect shout-out to Steve and Jim Gleason, two guys talking about records. Is Kevin Gray is almost on everything now. and any it, it, Kevin Gray must not sleep. He must not eat. <laughs> They've cloned him because, honestly, <laughs> if, if it's not Bernie, it's Kevin. If it's not kevin or bernie it's ryan it's chris, Bell or chris it's yeah chris, chris bellman it's like the yeah. mount rushmore of exactly engineers and it's yeah. one of these marketing things that i feel <coughs> i mean trust me i'm glad these guys are involved these guys have great ears and do great work 
but it's you almost can't turn five feet in a record store without seeing that hype sticker on whatever title and it's one of these guys right 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 well they know what sells and they know what doesn't you know triple a sells i mean that sells and mofi helped that you know so so here i wrote down some of these these marketing jargon and tell me if i'm leaving any out but they, they seem to be the secret sauce like the colonel sanders herbs and spices of what makes one of these reissues Touch your original. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's it's triple A. You you hear that one exclusive. And some of these are being used in these these rhino. (laughs) Limited, limited amount. Yes. Limited Limited edition. edition. Exactly. Tavis, Uh, you know, Kevin Gray, 180 gram, 45 RPM, color variant. Tip on jacket. I mean, am I missing any? Like, yes, you are. Oh, individually numbered. Days. These original are original master. Days. Days. <laughs> yeah. These are individually numbered, by the way, as well. Yes, yes. And I, <laughs> I, I, I have definitely fallen into the trap. We it's all easy. have. We all it's have. Easy. And especially when, of course, when 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 someone that we love, of course, that they pass away, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a color Tina Turner. It, you know, guess what? Yeah. But when I received this, uh, uh, okay. I don't know if you all know this. Have y'all familiar with this? Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. Greatest hits. But yeah, I didn't know that this was out. And then it's colored. I'm like, oh my heavens, it's pink. It's, it's so pink. beautiful. It's so pink. I'm like, I think, well, at least someone sent this to me. I said, I would have bought that. Then, of course, you have Donna Summer, her greatest hits. I it's just... colored. It's like, okay, come on, people. Just just give me the black vinyl and I'll be happy. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the color so I can spend fifty more dollars on it. Yes, yes. And I got four or oh, wow. five copies of the same album. It's like it looks like the same PMS color of pink too. So there's not even originality in these shades of pink. But are they donating anything to breast cancer awareness? That's uh, what I don't know. Just to show you, just to show you that there is a variant. Hold on. All right. Read re- me forward. Got it. Tell me that these are two different colors because I thought I was crazy. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, they're two different. One's more violet than the other. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) One on your right is more violet. Oh, yeah. I fall in that trap and I hate it. Oh, my God. Tavis, I just want to correct you on one thing. Yes. The key word is not bring me forward, make me big. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the phrase, make me big. Tavis, I was picking up what you were putting down. We all good, man. We all That's good. what she said. Okay. <laughs> Bring it forward. But but Jason, closer, back closer. To you. like because this is one this is one of the topics that you push forward, and I, I think it's a good topic to talk about, this reissue craze. And, and and in some ways, I think it's valid. Again, you have people who are new to the hobby, availability is important. However, like David said, uh, you know, there is there is a sense of maybe there's a little over leveraging some of these catalogs and maybe oh he's, he's going to the show so <laughs> should we go for big winners first and then let's, make sure let's that, do it let's do it big okay. winners so so the thing is like we all cannot get this we all cannot oh for pete's sake here we are again we the all turquoise cannot get led this. zeppelin this is jason's gonna have this buried with him when <laughs> we cannot <laughs> we cannot get this record so then we go for the reissue right uh, you know and it, it's Again, oh, this, this okay. isn't bad, you know? Like Jason, I, I hate to burst your bubble. You know what the next Rhino Limited title is going to be? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the turquoise Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Jason's going to lose his, that's, that's like his calling card. No, Arnaldo, say it's not so. No, let me call Rhino right now. <laughs> and we're praying that uh, Jimmy Page is not involved in the remastering. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's no different than this, you know, 1982, right? I paid $16.95 for this thing. So that's the original right? mobile. So, right, right. So my point is the reissue craze started a long, long time ago. No, it's all, you know, it's all about Marcus and there's, they're watching the world go by. Yes. with these other labels and they're going shit these are our records what are we doing so this is a fantastic record this by itself when it came out werewolves of london you know um i think this one has that lawyers the guns lawyer song i think that's great now was this let, let's show it was this necessary 
<laughs> what was this thing? I don't know. Like, uh, does it even sound as better as the original? Well, that's, that's debatable. The that's the know? question. Does it sound better, Jason? I think, you know what? I'm getting to the point now where some of the stuff sounds good and then some of it doesn't, actually. And I just, I wonder, you know, I... Because I was, I was really upset with, I was really upset with this one, uh, everybody. I was really upset with the the sound of this. Okay. I don't know how you feel this. So this, this is John Diamonds. Okay. This this compilation record, it 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 the sound is so it just sounds Muffled. awful. Mm. Okay. But the original album sounds so beautiful. But it's like they just put this together right quick. He was going. I don't. I don't know what happened. I just. But I bought it. And Their digital I'm, remasters is part of the problem. Yeah, you're right. So yeah. can, can I put my two cents in? Absolutely. Um, I'm just upset that I have to buy it from Rhino, and I can't just walk into a store <laughs> and buy it. Yeah. I. That makes me really upset that I have to buy it from Rhino. No, but all all uh, fun aside. Um, I think actually 5,000 is not a big run. Um, uh-uh. And especially for a company like Rhino, they're trying to do something um, very niche. Uh, and I think actually $40 is not a bad price point about uh, right. considering the run that they're doing. Sure. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen afterwards. They may do the budget version mm-hmm. since they already have the mastering from AAA. They may come out with the $25 version. Uh, on regular cardboard um, with no booklet, not gatefold. They may use the stampers again because, I mean, like David said, they're investing in um, contracting with Dave, uh, with Kevin Gray to only cut 5,000 albums. I mean, that's not even a MoFi run. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, I think, too, and, and tell me what you guys think. Remember, Kraft got into a little trouble because they were doing their one step. I forget the name at the top of my head. But remember, they started with that press run so low that they were selling out in a nanosecond. And there was such red hot feel heat from that, from the marketplace, that I think that, if, to your point, Arnaldo, 5,000 is not a ton, but it's also enough to kind of not lose your shirt on if you've missed the market, so to speak. Right. And I think maybe it could have been intentional to choose titles that are not going to sell out immediately and people are going to start getting turned off like it happened with craft right with the one what's it called uh small batch small batch yes i think the small batch originally was what 3500 or 2500 it was like like, yeah 3000 median yeah Mm -hmm. very very Mm -hmm. small and it sold out and it pissed everybody off um maybe that could be the tactic behind it that they may increase the run to see if they sell out of these first five thousand Okay, that's a way to think. Because I think they were a little underwhelming um, in terms of choices. Um, That's just my personal opinion. I would have preferred something that I'm not going to buy these two. Because I think of the Coltrane, aren't there like already really good reissues out of that Coltrane album? I believe so. Jason, do you know, um, did Speaker's Corner do it? I think uh, Rhino so. did it as a twofer with Bernie Grunman. I don't have that one. What? Um, We've stumped him, folks. He does no, because, not because he has the original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no. He has, the acet- he has the acetate. Oh, 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 here he comes. <laughs> this, I mean, coming in clutch, Jason Rojas. Uh, mine's mine's even more melted. Does oh my gosh! Too? What what happened? Was that in Chernobyl? What happened to it? <laughs> yeah, really. You know what? But but it it kind of blends in with the cover. I know. It actually does. Really. That's a beautiful cover, though. Without the no, water. wait. It, that on the on the right side is that a water stain? Yeah, I believe so. Wow, yeah, it blends I in. think that's emblematic. Really nice. Someone birthed a child on this album cover. What is going on? <laughs> I want to hang that in my classroom. I got to get that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think this is one of the like not well known, you know. So that was like a very interesting choice. But they've already done it. Two LP with Bernie Grunman, and I don't have it. I just have this one. It, this was always fine. What, was the Bernie Grunman analog too? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Because that that would be interesting. Is like, why are we, they redoing it again? If they well, did it, I'm telling you, like they're just copying BMP. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> they're just they're just again putting something out in the market and seeing how it does you know well you raise an interesting point because I, that was one thing i didn't catch at first is those those goofy obi strips that is another of these gimmicks 
that you know they've they've adopted from the Japanese market because that used to be you know Ovi means belt, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in case people don't know, but but it was it was supposed to create demonstrated value if a an Ovi is higher quality. There was it was very similar to what Mofi did with, or they attempted to do with the silver label, and they had the color coding original master recording. All that said, like you're saying, Jason, uh, Vinyl Me Please started throwing these Obies on there as some kind of value add, and and you guys have got Vinyl Me Please, I'm sure. It, it's not that. I mean, it's very. <laughs> it's, it gets in the way. Really. It, it gets in the way, and it's yeah, not. Yeah. It, it, it's just goofy, right? I'm just going to be yeah. honest, right? So, so the perceived value and the real value kind of aren't aligned with that. But but then these rhinos, same thing. There's that paper Obi, like this is a like a perceived value when. I got a question. If they realize that, here we go. Here we go. Sublime reissue from Vinyl Me, please. Yep. All right. So you got this Obi. You got this. Let me let me see if I can get this. Okay. Cut oh, by wow. Ryan K. Smith. Pressed on Burning Sun Galaxy Vinyl. Like <laughs> listening notes, right? And then you get all this fancy booklet. You get the picture. Look at the OBI. Like Rhino, are you listening? Are you <laughs> are you on are you on the peanut gallery right now like oh there's definitely spies don't worry they're they're tuning in surface noise is the the favorite live stream of marketers in the vinyl community i'm telling you oh absolutely (laughs) i must be honest i'm not a vinyl me please person i like the hunt i like to find the stuff in the crates and like oh it's looks so wonderful i love that feeling well, the problem, don't, don't get us wrong i mean we're all crate diggers probably yeah oh, yeah. yeah yeah right but so, the, but the other thing they're giving you is a booklet which you know oh well then take my money <laughs> <laughs> so w- would you all recommend buying me please i mean i've never done it before well let's go around the dais jason what would you say kick it off for some of the titles yes for some of them no like i don't like you know, I, Arnaldo and I were talking about this. The last months was like a four choices, right? And one of them was Stevie Ray Vaughan, Texas Flood. And I'm not really that, I don't like Stevie Ray Vaughan. They ain't my thing, but I forgot to swap it and like get the credit back. And then they sent me the <laughs> So now I'm, oh. now I'm like, well, I guess I have to give this a chance. I didn't, you know. Yeah. You're going to give it to Chance? No. Thank you, Jason. But I mean, it, the value because they give you the booklet right about the music and actually jason i i don't know if you saw my video but um the quality control on the cb ray vaughn is excellent like dead flat silent no issues whatsoever better than unlike the sublime where i had an issue yeah, this one has issues. Like I can't. Tavis, here's one thing I would say is that, and, and to, to piggyback on it, quality control, industry wide. I, I think you. I think everyone's probably done a video on this. Is that these new records, the QC is probably not as good as it could be. That's me being very polite about it. And Vinyl Me Please is no different in the sense that you know it's obviously they put forth titles that you can pick from and they give you some flexibility if you don't like the four titles for that month you can swap it out you can keep account you know the credit in your account so they've gotten better about that they i will say this and this is my two cents and i think hopefully other guys echo this their mailers that they ship in hey is worse worse in class I'm because, holding my breath every time I open the mailer. No, it, it literally, I mean, literally, that, that is a common side effect because they, for for all the money they're putting into the tip on jacket and the embossing and the dye tip, they're they're putting they're putting some value into the actual packaging of the product, uh-huh. but then they're saving the money on these terrible low flume count cardboard mailers that if it, and and that's before and tavish you had you had a stint you had a you had an audition in, in the mail the postal service so you've seen this firsthand oh yeah it, <laughs> it, uh, we just throw I, I, not, not we i saw some you I'm saw like, some crimes against vinyl humanity yes you are throwing vinyl they, they some, said is this vinyl? scabs they were scabs <laughs> not well, union just had to, to be, be clear uh, <laughs> it's amazing so, but so, but I mean, it, again, it, I don't know, Arnaldo, you're, you've obviously subscribed, and I think you've come in and out of the club like a couple. Yeah, of I got because of that, I got frustrated. Um, the first round that was like maybe four or five years ago, the first, when I first subscribed, and I was in it for about two years. Uh, it was a combination of titles, and I, I was not no longer interested. I wasn't interested in. I found myself swapping quite a bit. Uh, then every time I was getting either seam splits, bent corners. Uh, and then noisy vinyl, 
Um, and I just got tired of emailing them like either every other month because, it's too much you know, I mean, it doesn't cost to package. I mean, yes, it does invest in better mailers, but you're you're careless in in the way you're shipping it. And if you're charging a premium for your product, then, you know, it's like Tavis likes this saying. I came up with this one. Trademark. I'm working on it. Premium price. Premium product. Premium expectation. I don't think that's a lot to ask for. You know what I mean? Especially because Vinyl Me Please, since I've been a member for several years in and out, used to be essentially $25 a month. They took the price point up to 30, depending on, you know, the level of membership. Now it's about a median, about 40-ish. Some of these two LP titles are pushing $50, $60. Like insanity, but they keep using these mailers and i know christopher has christopher you are you are a unicorn my friend he said i have never had a bad shipment from on me please mm. where do you live can i have all my records sent to you and then i will feel a lot better about third party in this out my friend because if that if that is the case that they're not shipping them in a premium premium way um they would at least receive feedback from the customers and they do and they, they do, do. And, he, and here's the thing when the first time i was a member i would explain i would say a good number of times they were replacing the entire album yes. even if the jacket was the keep it we'll send you a new one exactly. yes wow then they started giving the five dollar credit whenever i got a damaged cover uh and that started annoying me and because then they said, oh, we don't honor cosmetic damage. We only, we only honor audio defects. Okay. We can give you a $5 credit. Uh, we're so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And after so then that, they started, but, and not to cut you off, but so yeah. then they started, you had to start filming the record. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then so, you had to sh- start sending proof. <laughs> oh, freak that. You had to start sending proof that the, I mean, yes, it's just a minimal effort. You know, you just film the sound or you pick up the audio and you just send a little clip. Oh, we're so sorry. We'll send you a new one. And no, so no, problem, no questions asked. I mean, um, I believe, doesn't acoustic sounds also require proof? Yes, yeah. they did on the UHQRs. So, I had to, I, I made a video where I was literally Conan the Barbarian trying to destroy the record. Just it's like proof of life, proof of death. I had to prove that I heard this record <laughs> before they would send me another one. But you know, again, it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. But I have to say that the second time around, now it's been a year since I rejoined. I've only had maybe. I want to say two issues, the sublime. And I had a slight issue with the uh, cigar Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I've been, I guess, very lucky not to get damaged covers. And the sublime, I think was uh, a defect in, in the stamper, right, Jason, because yours was skipping in the same exact spot that mine was. So yeah. that, yeah, that has to be a, a, yeah, something happened to the, the plating or the manufacturer. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one kind of redeemed it. So Tavis, hearing all this, because we're about to close the podcast portion of the presentation, would you consider Final Me Please? Have, have we ruined it for you? <laughs> uh, no no one has told me the the proper price. <laughs> oh, well, let, let's just say, you know, because you can do it one month at four. I think it's $40. You can do a three month where it comes to about $38 a month. You can do a six month, which is I'm going to make the number because I don't have it in front of me. Thirty five a month. Now they enticed me to do a full year because they had a new they had this promotion. You sign up for a full year, we'll give you twelve free records on top of eight. Chance. Stop misleading it. They'll give you eight. Oh, I'm sorry, eight. Because <laughs> I was about to jump on that. Did you get a free? Did you get a free membership? The way you're talking this up, man. <laughs> no, I haven't even got my eight free records. I was waiting because it was going to be a feeding frenzy at the beginning. So I'm I'm playing the long game. Jason has rubbed off on me. I'm playing the long game. So everyone who have used their eight free records, and I'm gonna yeah, I haven't I haven't used mine yet because I emailed them. I was like, there, I can't add up eight free records. Can I order and then get the others? Like, no, you have to use them up all at once. And I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to wait until December when it runs out, and then I'll order them. Exactly. Well, guys, let's go ahead and wrap this part up for the podcast, uh, and then we'll keep freestyling here. I see some some juicy, tasty comments I really want to attack. Uh, I mean, comment on uh, on, on the freestyle <laughs> portion of this. Anyway, so this is Concert Buddy wrapping up Surface Noise again. Thank you to my guests, David, Bianco, Safe and Sound, Texas, Audio Excursion. Thanks, 
Jason Rojas, the most wanted man in the vinyl community. Look out for those reward posters in, in a record store near you. <laughs> Ronaldo over at Fidelios underscore frequency. Thanks for having and, me, Chance. And special guest, my good friend Tavis from Kansas City. Tavis, Vinyl Talk with Tavis. If you don't know, now you know. Thanks Thank for joining you. us. Thank you, man. And that was another trip around the turntable. Thanks for listening to Vinyl Community Podcasts.